Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 100k Freelancer Club podcast. This is the podcast where we're kicking off season two. I hope you missed us, but we are now going to be launching podcasts every single week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, because we're bringing you more podcasts all about freelancing every single week. So jump in and hit those subscribe buttons. Um, We have a very special guest to kick off um, this season two of the podcast, but I'll get to that in just a brief moment. I just want to jump in and apologize. There are some slight audio hiccups um, in this podcast. There is a bit of a buzz uh, in some moments. And also, uh, being the amateur that I am without uh, Niall, the co-host of the podcast in this episode, I did actually forget to close a window for a brief moment. So there is a tiny bit of background noise uh, for a minute or two there at the podcast, but that does um, drop off. Um, But with all that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode of the 100K Freelancer Club podcast. I'm sure you're going to love it. This is a super good one. And um, yeah, let's begin. And so joining me today in this episode of the podcast, all the way from Bali at the moment, is Gavin Wiener. How are you doing today, Gavin? Yeah, I'm feeling amazing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's all right. No worries. I've got to say I'm super jealous. Usually it's Niall on this podcast that's jealous of me being in Barcelona, but I feel like you've one-upped all of us and you're living the lifestyle out in Bali. How's that treating you? Yeah, I mean, obviously the the times and the timing was quite an interesting one, but yeah, I'm very grateful pretty much every day to be here to experience it as it is. And yeah, also my first time here, so it's kind of diving into the deep end. Yeah, exactly. That seems to be pretty much every digital nomad's um, dream. How did you How did you come to make that a reality for yourself? Um, you mean being specifically in Bali or just the digital nomad journey? I think just, well, at the moment, specifically Bali, like how, how, how did you bring it, like build yourself up into the position and be able to go from, you know, like a, a mindset and the work point of view, just like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to leave my hometown and I'm going to go work remote in Bali. Mm. So in regards to traveling and working, like I've been doing that for five plus years now. That's been kind of my my life for quite a while. But I mean, honestly, probably the biggest thing was just the people I had around me, like first time I was ever in Europe traveling working online I had people kind of inspiring me around me seeing them doing the same things but Bali specifically I was actually going to go to like Europe Germany for about six months just to kind of see what it's like and a few friends who run uh, seminars in the speaking space and self-development they were like oh we're going to do a few uh, workshops in um, Bali can you like would you be keen just to kind of hang out and see it? I was like, yeah, why not? I'd honestly never thought about coming to Bali, like ever. I just assumed it was for surfers. And then, <laughs> yeah, one thing led to another. I'm here for almost two years and it's been yeah, pretty magical. Ah, that's awesome. And, and just before you know, we started this podcast, we were just having a quick little chat and you mentioned that you joined um, a Digital Nomad Facebook group. And is that how you sort of found this network that you're talking about there, the people that you were hanging around with that you know, gave you the opportunity to travel there? So that Digital Nomad group was only after I was in, uh, after I came into Bali. I don't even remember how I came across it, to be honest, but 
the group I was speaking about are just friends from, like I, some of them I met in university while I was studying, some I met afterwards, and they were kind of all in very different spaces. Some were running businesses, some were digital marketers, some are coaches, and so very kind of wide range of experiences and skill sets and mindsets. So it's a very, actually two very different groups. Ah, nice. And you're, so just to jump back to the, to the beginning story of Gavin. So you're a computer science uh, graduate, right? So you, you have a very um, computer-based background. Yeah, so like 100% studied computer science and business science. So kind of almost like a double degree, but yeah, full-on computer science, technical programming, all of that. Yeah, and from when you graduated uni, for you, was it, um, I know in, in, the, in the computing space and, and a lot of people that listen to this podcast and a lot of people um, in the 100K Freelancer Club are developers and freelance developers because it's, it is one of those jobs that is probably the easiest field of work to work from remote, remote in because literally the only thing you need is a laptop and an internet connection so when you finished uni were you just straight out into the world of freelance were you doing freelance gigs inside uni that, ex, that expanded what was that sort of graduation process for you like as somebody in the computer in the computing world hmm. so after i finished university I was already doing quite a lot of internships like I I don't know why but I kind of had that drive to always do internships on my vacation break to kind of just get different experiences and different fields like cybersecurity and um, working for actually I was freelancing a little bit when I was already in university over the vacation because one of the clients, one of the people I did an internship with, they said to me, like, do you want to carry on just working while you're still studying? So that was actually, technically, now that I think about it, probably that was my first freelance client as a computer scientist. But when I finished university, I went into a full-time job. I went to work for a very well-known fashion company who's like very technology focused in South Africa. And it was awesome, awesome experience with a really cool team and got to work on lots of interesting things. And I think that's important because the one thing you realize is you don't really know anything. Even after studying, it's working in kind of like an isolated world with isolated little projects. It's not the same as working on big systems that already exist. They have their problems, they have their, their successes and you're working with teams. So that's really, really important. Um, but after a little while, maybe about a year and a half into working at a company, as you were saying, computer science lends itself so well to working online and working remotely. And yeah, I just, I just kind of had that itch. Like I'm sure many, many people who, who follow you, they have that same itch. They're like, ah, oh, why am I kind of coming into an office or why am I in the same city every day when I could be anywhere, I just need the internet. So that's when I really doubled down on the freelancing, started to kind of up it and um, kind of take on more clients who I was already speaking to and yeah I'm just kind of changing the percentage shift if you know what I mean like have enough freelance work to then say okay cool I'm gonna go do my own thing away from the job. 
Yeah, I mean, it's addictive, isn't it? Once you get that first taste of, I don't want to call it freedom, but that first taste of, of working where you want, it might be your, you know, you're working on your first freelance client in a cafe in Germany when you know you're, you're from England or something like that and just just that feeling then starts to get addictive like you, you like you said you get you get that thought pop into your mind like okay why why am I commuting one hour every day to this office in London when I could be literally anywhere and I, I think that just inspires a lot of people it's, it's I think even if you're not in the freelance world you see it all the time on Instagram and and YouTube you're exposed to it but you just don't think it could be you but then when you get that first taste of it it's just so good that you need it and then um, as well like once that addiction starts you want to take it to the next level because you start as um, a freelancer and you get a client or two and you're living a nice lifestyle but then you also want to progress as you would progress in a career and make more money, pick up bigger projects and stuff like that. So it, it does like you, the whole entity that is your freelance career, just this growth process for me anyway, and probably for a lot of freelancers just becomes a massive, massive, massive um, addiction. And you said there that your um, your first freelance client, and this happens to loads of us as well, this was the exact same for me, you didn't even realise it was your first freelance client. It's just when you think back to it, you go, oh, that was actually, yeah, I was working freelance then. And that's kind of exactly what happened to me. I was at university working for a company over the summer, and then I went back into my second year of university. They got in contact with me, and they were basically like, hey, can you keep doing this um, for X hours a week? And I just drafted together a contract, um, and we went from there. But in terms of leaving um, your job, so you went from university to to um, a really good job and then as you discovered that you wanted to work freelance and, and, and travel and work and just be more immersed into this into this lifestyle how did you start to grow your freelance client base yeah so I don't know where this came from or why I, I thought to do this but in in my in my city Cape Town South Africa we we have lots of meetups. So there's the website meetup.com. I think most people, or a lot of people have come across it, where kind of people can organize meetups for different interest groups. And there was quite active ones in regards to computer science, like Python meetups and JavaScript and kind of lots of coding frameworks. And I was going to a few of those already, just out of interest. And I don't know why I thought about this, but I, the kind of thought popped up in my head of like, oh, I want to start giving talks at these meetups to build authority. Then I can also post and say I've been featured or spoken at these events. And also people get to know you, obviously. They get to know you in your in the community and you're networking. So I started giving some of these talks and someone about, after one of the events, someone emailed me out of the blue just saying like, hey, Gavin, I, I saw your talk at the meetup, I couldn't, I think he said I couldn't stay to say like hi afterwards, I had to leave early, but I'm looking for someone to help with exactly kind of the topic you spoke about. It was, it was like web scraping or something. And he was like, hey, I'm looking for some work in that regards. And yeah, that was how I started to pick up a couple of more clients in that people saw me giving these talks. Um, so they would 
um, kind of reach out to me. But then also once I was already working with them, I'd say like, oh, who else do you know could use this type of thing? So kind of gain those extra connections. And something I did which was quite fun as well is I, there was a, there was a, a directory, like a job directory in my country focused specifically on computers and technical skills. But you could find a job board anywhere and just look for the computer science specific jobs postings. And I would see them saying like, oh, we're looking for a full-time Python developer or full-time Django or Java, whatever developer. And I'd actually just go find the HR team lead or the tech lead on LinkedIn or find their email and just email them and said like, hey, I saw you had a post for a full-time dev. I'm not looking to be full-time, but if you need extra support, I do have this amount of time available each week. And yeah, that got me into quite a lot of conversations. And again, I don't know why I thought of that. It must have just been different influences I've been reading, but that was that was something I already thought was quite uh, useful and worked nicely. Yeah, that sounds really interesting, actually. I think those there are two methods that we don't actually cover too much. Um, you know, from mine and Niall's experience on the podcast um, before. So, yeah, even that is, is kind of a new concept to me. I mean, we, we talk or we have talked a lot in the past about posting uh, content on places like Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn, where you talk about your field and you build authority by basically getting a bit of, your, a, bit of a name for yourself and building a personal brand through content. But actually going to in-person talks where there's gonna where there's gonna be people there that can approach you after the meet and say, hey, that was a good job. Can we work together? Um, I, I think that's a super interesting and probably a very very effective um, method of getting clients. Like you said, there there's there's Meetup.com, which I use a lot, um, even even in my, my personal life for um, for work stuff. So you can use Meetup just to go play volleyball down at the beach, or like you said, you can go um, go on Meetups for you know you can go to entrepreneur meetups or freelancer meetups like I said Python meetups so you can go to Facebook advertisement meetups all those sort of things so anybody listening to this I would definitely recommend looking on meetup for these types of events where you can just go and share experiences because even in even even in your experiences Gavin I'm, I'm sure you've had that um, you don't just gain clients but you gain almost like co-workers and in friends and if you go to these freelancer meetups or you know if, if you're in the python field and you go to python meetups or you go to, you're in the advertisement field and you go to google ads meetups you might not find clients necessarily to start with but you find friends and co-workers that are in that same community as you and they can help you grow inside your field so you might pick up some excellent advice from somebody you know who's working on google ads as well as you work in inside google ads you might um, be introduced to something new inside the field of python um etc so yeah what, what's your experience on that side of things like developing a personal network and not just for like money from clients yeah absolutely i mean some of my my biggest freelance clients i only we only kind of stopped working together like recently -ish, like maybe in the last year and that was just because I realized it's kind of time for a shift in my focus and direction but yeah some of those relationships started off like a really strong foot because it's very personal as well which 
which helps like you're not just this uh, face this kind of person on, on the other side of a screen which is also like if we if we start talking a bit about upwork that's also like a tip and something i like to do is like try break that that mold of just like impersonal thing or person over the internet like even send in a voice note over linkedin like thinking what i would do now if i was going to message like an hr or a team lead now i'd probably send a voice note saying like hey dave what's up i saw you i saw you guys had a full-time posting on wherever i'm not etc etc that same script from earlier but use voice or even send a, a instagram video like a friend's doing that now to get copywriting clients and yeah anything you can do to kind of break that barrier of just like face this person on the internet i think is always really powerful to start that process of building a proper relationship yeah 100 percent. i mean we talk about that a lot as well building that personal relationship with clients and in breaking that mold of just being a name on the on the end of an email like you said you can send voice notes or you can record you know little uh instagram videos that you can send almost like a snapchat kind of thing there is a fine line it depends on the kind of client between how formal you want to be and you know how informal um you can be but yeah that is a great piece of advice there is just to try and break down that barrier um as much as possible and then your experience is there what you're talking about with linkedin so you basically look for or at the time you were looking for full-time job postings and i'm assuming this is on job boards like indeed.com and then you would find the hr manager over on linkedin and just drop them a direct message uh just saying hey you know uh, i've seen you got this full-time position i'm available freelance for x amount of time uh is this a possibility yeah that's that's the gist of it like my thinking was it's like they've already shown desire they really show they need your skill set and they're looking for someone like you so i was like just put yourself in front of them yeah exactly and for them it's kind of it's almost risk-free because with a freelancer they could pick you up tomorrow and then if the freelancer is not very good they could drop you the, the very next day whereas with employment contracts kind of doesn't really work like that there's a long hiring process and then to fire somebody is is quite a difficult process so i think for them as well the reason why it works is because it is risk-free so i mean what would you say your success rate was for you know every 10 people or 100 people that you messaged how many people would actually you know respond and how many jobs would you get from that yeah i mean to be honest trying to remember those details like that um i remember i didn't actually do it for for that long because I kind of picked up enough work and I was kind of just relaxed. I probably should have kept on doing it, if you know what I mean, like yeah. instead of having that up and down, just keep constant with it. But I think I must have only sent originally like maybe 20 or 30 uh, messages or emails. I probably could go check my Google Sheets somewhere. And I had, I think it was like five or so meetings. So yeah, it was pretty good. And those were in-person meetings, which I, I just kind of went for it because they were all in my city. Um, I started with like my local city, but you could have obviously done that anywhere now. And yeah. given the times as well, people wouldn't expect to meet in person. Yeah, well, that's a pretty incredible um, conversion rate because I mean, that's one of the things that I focus on, especially when trying to win clients is a conversion rate. So what what sort of platform is working 
best for me, what sort of method is working best for me. And, and back, you know, a couple of years ago when I was really heavy on freelancer, freelancer.com, I was, I think it was about a, a one in four. So for every four projects that I would bid on, I would win one. So, I mean, that seems like a very successful rate that you had there as well. And uh, you're, you're, a, you're an, a, a top rated Upwork freelancer at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So been on the platform, like properly on the platform for about a year and a half now or so. Nice. And how was your experience with that? So, I mean, what was your experience like getting started? Because that's a lot of questions. Or well, we get asked a lot of questions about that is how do I get my first client? Because without those reviews and without, without the money earned and the, the projects completed badge, it's kind of it's kind of a really big task to land that first client. Yeah, so in that regard, like me getting started on Upwork, I have to give pretty much so much of the credit to my friend Rob O'Crook, who's a Canadian guy. And we're actually like building a platform together now, but he, we originally met because I joined that Digital Nomads Facebook group you mentioned earlier. And he was the moderator, the owner of the group, and he reached out to me. And that was what he does. Uh, what he does is he's an Upwork coach. Like he helps people get started on the platform and um, really kind of get it ticking along. And I had tried Upwork way back when, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sending out all these proposals, getting zero responses. So I just kind of like gave up. And then I started again with Rob um, about a year and a half ago. And I mean, I'll be honest, um, it's, it wasn't like the smoothest sailing from the start. Even he said, he was like, I don't know why this is taking you longer than most people I work with, but I had to send a lot of proposals to get started. Um, I think it's also because of computer science. There is kind of an abundance of developers on the site and someone posts, they get 50 messages like in minutes from people just copy pasting essentially. Yeah. So I had to really grind it out for a while and to get reviews, I, I started to tap into old networks again because, I mean, I still had relationships, kind of back to the relationship thing with pretty much everyone I'd worked with in the past. Like every project for the most part had ended on a good step and we had kept in touch. And I just reached out saying like, hey, do you have even just a one hour piece of work that I can help with, like a code review or a, a quick script to kind of code up for automation stuff? Cause, and that was also by recommendation of Rob. And yeah, that's how I got my first like two, three small kind of completed jobs. Obviously they were small, but they at least kind of got the ball rolling. And from that point, it was just consistency. So making sure I was sending proposals, not kind of getting lazy and not sending them for a week and thinking, oh, why well, haven't I won any projects? It's because I haven't sent any proposals. But yeah, I had to tap into some old relationships and networks at the start just to get those first two three kind of listings yeah that's such a good idea just tapping into your old network and like you said just have you got one or two hours worth of work for me just so you know you can post this um on my upwork and i can get that review from it because i'm sure for them they're going to be if you have a good relationship with the client they're going to be happy to help you out i mean that's probably a great way to get started with that is then probably the family and friends network as well like you know if you you're a graphic designer or a developer or anything and you know you're you know somebody within your family and friends network that just needs one or two hours worth of work, just get them to chuck that on Upwork for you. I know, you know, I think Upwork takes 20% on your first 
500 or 1,000. So you're going to lose a little bit and they take 10% as a flat rate anyway. But I think for the reviews and for the power that that builds on, on your Upwork profile, it's 100% worth it. Oh yeah, those first like those first like handful of projects. I don't think I was even worrying really about how much I was getting paid for them. I still got like a decent hourly rate and kind of flat rates, but it was just the focus was just to get those first reviews. Yeah, exactly, and, and that is the it's one hundred percent the hardest part. But like you said there, if you can just bring your outside uh, network in there, you're flying. And the other thing with Upwork. And, and really most freelance platforms nowadays is that they're insanely busy and insanely noisy from both sides. So from the company side and from the client side. And so if you're a company looking for freelancers, there's just tons and tons you know, of bids on your project. A lot of them automated. It's really hard to see who stands out. And then from a freelance side of things, especially like you said, in the development space or, you know, the digital marketing or social marketing space, because these jobs are so easily done remote. Um, there's just so many companies posting and it's really hard to find, you know, the best stuff for you. And this is sort of, this is a problem that you at your new company or your your um, your startup is solving right now. So this is leapfrogleads.com and you basically help people um, to sort of refine their searches and get automatic notifications of really relevant job postings uh, for them on Upwork. So they have to spend much less time every day or much less time per week looking for jobs um, so they can actually spend more time actually applying and doing the jobs, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And a lot of this came out of my uh, my coaching with Rob because we're actually building this platform together. And like the biggest, biggest thing in regards to, to Upwork that I've learned and also from Rob's taught me is well, it's consistency. You need to just be sending proposals if you want to kind of be consistent. And also because, like you said, it's so noisy these days in regards to how many copy-paste proposals people get and like 50-plus proposals people get. I've posted jobs myself and you just get inundated like in minutes. And being able to cut through that noise by either being one of the first people to post and all by just writing a really good proposal that people know you're not just copy pasting. So it's like all of those components kind of come together and Leapfrog Leads helps specifically with letting you know when jobs that you're interested in come up and then also being able to be the fastest to respond to them. Yeah, that's one key thing there is being able to respond the fastest. And the second thing I think is when you apply for jobs that are just so much more relevant to you in your skill set you're so much more likely to get them so even in the work like a massive a massive field at the moment is uh wordpress development right but if you can narrow your search down to a specific field that you specialize in maybe it's wordpress 
Divi development, for example. So then you'll just get notifications from posts that are specifying WordPress, Divi, and maybe a, a few other things. Um, that just means that you're going to get you're going to be the first one to know about that job that's ultra specific to you, and that's just going to give you the best chance uh, to actually win those jobs, rather than just applying for everything that's in the broad range of WordPress and, and wasting time not getting you know as much as a conversion rate uh, as you could if you're applying to you know the jobs that leapfrogs is going to actually help you identify and, and apply to first right you got cut off a little bit there but just to add on to what you were saying earlier about it's like you're going to have higher success to focus on let's say wordpress and divi so like those jobs that come up it's almost like not niching down necessarily kind of niching down but say you focus on WordPress, you build WordPress websites just for coaches or like WordPress websites just for consultants. It's like, it's almost just marketing because you're still building the same websites, the skill set's still the same. But for the person you're responding to, if they're saying, hey, I need a website, I'm a coach and a consultant, you're like, hey, that's literally what we do is, well, we or I, we build websites for coaches primarily using WordPress. Like, it's just marketing for the most part, but it, it does make it click in the person's brain easier. They're like, oh wow, this person's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. And, and the more niche you can get, the better, right? Because imagine yourself from the perspective of the employer. If you're you know, a, a business consultant and you're looking for a new website and you post it on Upwork and you get 55 responses you know, within the first hour and there's only you know, everybody else is just copy and pasting in, you know, I'm a, I'm a WordPress developer, WordPress developer, web developer, I can do your site, I can do your site, I can do your site. And then you post in, hey, I'm a business consultant website developer. And then they, they're just gonna see that as super relevant to them. And it's gonna give you much, much, much more of a chance of actually getting that job, or at least much more of a chance of opening that conversation um, to actually land that client. And again, once you go, once you get these clients, you can just ask for referrals from their, from, you know, their network, bring their, their network onto Upwork and start building your reviews uh, and referrals as you go from that side. So. Just to jump into closing uh, up this uh, podcast here, what do you think would be your top piece of advice for somebody starting out as a freelancer today? So they've just finished university or they've they've taken the leap from you know their employment job and they're becoming a freelancer right now and they wanna pick up some clients. What would your main piece of advice be? So it's kind of a, a two-parter. Um that first, the, the first thing, like the lowest hanging fruit is just reaching out to your closest network. I think that's very common advice that people have given is, hey, just start asking your family or friends, like, hey, hey mom, who do you know at work that might know someone who wants a website or who wants a website themselves or whatever you do or needs Google ads for your school or something like that. So it's like re- reach out to a media network. But now what I would do if I st- or start and again is also set myself up for success on these platforms so if I'm just starting out I would first go reach for my network my friends or whatever but then also I would run those projects through Upwork so I'm at least getting those reviews off the bat even if you don't want to focus on Upwork right there and then at least you have them because that's like you say getting those first reviews is such a headache sometimes so if you can get them just through work that you're doing anyway because it was low hanging fruit 
and then you also have that asset of Upwork that you're building up. That's what I would do. Yeah, awesome. I, I would strongly agree with that piece of advice as well. Like, even if you don't think that right now, you know, Upwork is going to be a crucial part of your freelance career. It's just, it's just why not have those reviews? Like you can, it's always something to fall back on. If you're picking up clients from, you know, you, your network and stuff like that, and you feel your freelance career accelerating in one direction, it's always good to have Upwork, um, you know, a good Upwork profile to fall back on if, you know, your other pipelines do dry up. So, yeah. And I, I want to thank you so much for coming on um, the podcast today. We really, really appreciate your time. Um, and if you just want to, you know, let the audience know if, you know, where they can follow you on social media, where they can sign up to Leapfrogs, uh, I'm sure everybody will want to jump over uh, and come and say hello to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure you'll include the links in the descriptions, but just two, two links to follow. You can go check out leapfrogleads.com. So that's obviously the the platform that me and my friend Robert are building to help freelancers win more projects by letting you respond to jobs quicker so you can make more money, get more projects. And then also just my personal website, which is gavinweiner.com. And from there, it's kind of like a hub to links of all my interviews and other uh, podcasts that I run as well and tutorials I have. So it's a whole, a whole smorgasbord of useful information there. Awesome. So yeah, thanks again one last time. And thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the 100K Freelancer Club podcast. And uh, yeah, we will catch you in the next one.